Hello, I'm Justin Bishop, and this is my podcast. Today we're going to be talking about John F. Kennedy, or John Fitzgerald Kennedy, real name. JFK was born in Brookline, Massachusetts, May 29, 1970. He was the second of nine children in his household. JFK grew up wealthy from his parents. His father acquired a multi-million dollar fortune in banking, bootlegging, shipbuilding, and the film industry as a skilled player at the stock market. His mother, Rose, was the daughter of John F. Fitzgerald, which was a mayor before in the city of Boston. He went by the name as Honey Fitz. John F. Kennedy's father was the U.S. ambassador to Great Britain, while John was his secretary. JFK attended Princeton for no more than two months in 1935, eventually enrolling and graduating from Harvard University in 1940. He then joined the U.S. Navy in 1941 and was sent to the South Pacific, where he was stranded at sea for six days Stranded at sea for six days when he was commanding a patrol torpedo boat. The Japanese sank it in the Solomon Islands. Him and his team were behind enemy lines when that occurred, but John F. Kennedy led his team back to safety and was awarded the U.S. Navy and Marine Corps Medal for Heroism. At the end of the war, took a toll on his body in which he had major lower back pain for the rest of his life. But he said that it occurred at a young age, probably as a teenager. By the time he was discharged in 1945, his older brother Joe, who their father, father had expected would be the first Kennedy to run office, had been killed in war. And the family's political standard passed to John, who had planned to pursue an academic or journalistic career. John then ran for Congress in 1946. He campaigned by avoiding the Democratic organization in Massachusetts and depending instead on his family, friends, and fellow colleagues from the Navy. He received nearly double the votes than his opponent, and he was only 29 at the time. He served three terms in the House of Representatives, from 1947 to 1953, and he ran, ran and became the Senate in 1952. While he was Senate, he advocated better working conditions, higher wages, cheaper rents, lower prices, more public housing, and more social security for the elderly. JFK agreed with the Truman Doctrine and the Marshall Plan in foreign policy during the Cold War stages. The Truman Doctrine allows the United States to provide political, military, and economic aid to all countries under, at the time, Soviet, the Soviet Union. 
the Marshall Plan is a U.S. program that provides aid to Western Europe following the devastation of World War II. JFK's electoral appeal increased when he met his future wife, Jacqueline, or so-called Jackie. JFK was in favor of the Electoral College, and he led several campaigns on labor reforms and was committed to the civil rights legislations. JFK also advocated extensive foreign aid to the emerging nations in Africa and Asia, and he surprised his colleagues by calling upon France to grant Algerian independence. JFK became one of the best political figures overnight during his speech concession that was televised. The nation saw his, his charm, his looks, his wife, and his witty, and were instantly fell in love with him. In January 1960, John F. Kennedy formally announced his presidential candidacy. JFK was, was political time because the agenda and fame he had. He was chosen to be, to be champion. He eventually became president on January 20th, 1961. Kennedy called his domestic legislation program the New Frontier. It included initiatives such as medical care for the elderly, federal aid to education, and the creation of department and housing and urban development. His New Frontier program can be traced back to the unsuccessful proposals of FDR and his second Bill of Rights address, as well as Harry Truman's Fair Deal. JFK mainly prioritized passing five bills. One was federal assistance for education. Second was medical insurance for the elderly. Third was house legislation. Fourth was federal aid to struggling areas. And the last was an increase in the federal minimum wage. His bill to increase the federal minimum wage to at the time $1.25 an hour passed in early 1961. Upon taking office, JFK issued an executive order establishing the Peace Corps, and he named his brother-in-law, Sergeant Shriver, as the agency's first director. Peace Corps is an agency to enable Americans to volunteer in developing countries. This very, very much appealed to Kennedy because it fit into his campaign of self-sacrifice self and volunteerism, which also provides a way to redefine American relations with the third world. The Peace Corps was a success. For over 25 years, more than 100,000 Americans served in 44 countries as part of the program. Most Peace Corps volunteers taught English in schools, but many became involved in activities like construction and food delivery. After the Soviets launched Sputnik in 1957, 
It was JFK's goal to launch a man to the moon in our country before the decade is out and return him safely to the earth. Kennedy felt pressured to respond to the perceived erosion of the American prestige. He asked Johnson to explore the feasibility of beating the Soviets to the moon. Though he was concerned about the program's costs, Kennedy agreed to Johnson's recommendations that the U.S. commit to a manned lunar landing as the major objective of the U.S. space program. As part of his war policy, Kennedy expanded the United States Special Operations Forces, the elite military units that could fight unconventionally in various conflicts. Kennedy hoped that the flexible response strategy would allow the U.S. to counter Soviet influence without resorting to war. At the same time, he ordered a massive buildup of the nuclear arsenal to establish superiority over the Soviet Union. The Bay of Pigs was a mission that failed in Cuba, resulting in the capture of a thousand Cuban exiles that were commanded by John F. Kennedy. This increased the tensions immensely between the Soviet Union and the United States. In the aftermath of the Bay of Pigs invasion, Cuban and Soviet leaders feared that the United States was planning another invasion in Cuba. So the Soviets and Cubans increased economic and military assistance to the island. Kennedy did not believe that the Soviet Union would risk placing other nuclear weapons in Cuba, but they did. JFK dispatched CIA YouTube spy plates to determine the extent of the Soviet military buildup, and he found photographs of them building the missiles in Cuba. At this point, both the Soviets and the United States had nuclear weapons. JFK was threatened, and they agreed to remove the missiles from Italy and Turkey, and to never invade Cuba. John F. Kennedy had such an impact on the nuclear test ban treaty that it completely de-escalated the Cold War tensions in both countries, and the U.S. and Soviets also reached an agreement whereby the U.S. sold millions of millions of wheat to the Soviet Union and this lowered tensions. Many thought that the country Laos was the key to communism. So JFK negotiated a solution between the government and the left-wing insurgents who were backed by the North Vietnam and the Soviet Union. Kennedy wasn't willing to send more than a token force to neighboring Thailand, which was a, an American island. But by the end of the year, he had helped to arrange the international agreement 
of the neutrality of Laos, which temporarily brought an end to the crisis. Though he was unwilling to commit U.S. forces to a major military intervention in Laos, Kennedy did approve CIA activities in Laos designed to defeat communist insurgents through bombing raids and the recruitment of the Hmong people. John F. Kennedy continued policies that provided political, economic, and military support to the South Vietnamese government. Vietnam had been divided into communist North Vietnam and non-communist South Vietnam after the 1954 Geneva Conference. But North Vietnamese leader Ho Chi Minh established the Viet Cong in 1960 to foment support for unification in South Vietnam. There were about 16,000 American military personnel in South Vietnam, up from Eisenhower's 900 advisors. In the aftermath of the aborted coup in September 1963, the Kennedy administration reevaluated its policies in South Vietnam. Kennedy rejected both the full-scale deployment of ground soldiers, but also rejected the total withdrawal of U.S. forces from the country. Kennedy had signed National Security Action Mem Memorandum on October 11th, which ordered the withdrawal of 1,000 military personnel by the end of the year. Kennedy wanted to contain the threat of communism in Latin America by establishing the Alliance for Progress which sent aid to some countries and sought greater human rights standards in the region. The Alliance for Progress drew from the Good Neighbor Policy and its peaceful engagement with Latin America and from Marshall Plan and its expansion of aid and economic relations. Kennedy also emphasized close personal relations with Latin America leaders frequently hosting them in the White House. JFK started to take action on the civil rights movement when Alabama Governor George Wallace blocked the doorway to the University of Alabama to stop two African-American students from attending. Wallace moved aside only after being confronted by Deputy Attorney General and the Alabama National Guard, which had just been federalized by order of the president. That evening, Kennedy del delivered a major address on civil rights on national television and radio. In it, he launched his initiative, initiative for civil rights legislation that would guarantee equal access to public schools and other facilities, equal administ administration of justice, and also provide greater protection of voting rights. During the 1960 presidential campaign, JFK endorsed the concept of equal pay for equal work, as well as the adoption of an Equal Rights Amendment, which was designed to guarantee equal legal rights for all American citizens, regardless of sex. It seeks to end the legal distinctions between men and women in matters of divorce, property, employment, and other matters.
JFK was all for equal gender. In fact, Kennedy signed an executive order creating the Presidential Commission on the Status of Women to advise on issues concerning the status. This was formerly led by First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt until her death in 1962. The commission's final report entitled American Women was issued on October 1963. The report documented the legal and culture, cultural discrimination women in America faced and made several policy recommendations to bring about change. Among them was the Equal Pay Act of 1963, an amendment to the Fair Labor Standard Act which initially aimed at abolishing wage disparity based on sex. Organized crime gained attention in the 1950s and especially the early 1960s. The Kennedy administration shifted the focus of the Justice Department, the FBI, and the Internal Revenue Service to organized crime. Kennedy also won congressional approval for five bills designed to crack down on interstate racketeering, gambling, and the transportation of firearms. The federal government targeted prominent mafia leaders and had them convicted. JFK didn't have a major focus on agriculture, but he sought to remedy the issue of over overproduction. He wanted to boost the income of farmers, lower federal expenditures on agriculture. So he launched a pilot of food stamp program and expanded the federal school lunch program also. The food stamp program is a program that provides food purchasing assistance for low and no income people. It is a federal aid program administered by the United States Department of Agriculture under the Food and Nutrition Service. To conclude, I did this podcast on John F. Kennedy because I always wondered and was interested in what he could have done for the country if he wasn't assassinated or if he had a longer presidency. I don't think we thank JFK enough for what he done for us during his presidency. He basically saved humanity by de-escalating the Cuban Missile Crisis when all of his advisors told him to attack Cuba. So that could have been a terrible idea. And we probably couldn't even have been here today if that would have happened. Um, JFK was so charismatic. He inspired all generations with his speeches and ideas for the future. He inspired with the space race and his competitive nature to be as good as the Soviets or better. It was always in a competition.
JFK was such an articulate speaker, and he just seemed like he was built for the television, to be on television. He was just born to do it. He was the youngest to become president, like that's saying something. The youngest ever to do it. He's the GOAT.